back to the blog boy roundtable. We've got five of the six blog boys. Uh, this week, as always, is brought to you by the Bay Area Examiner. And from the Bay Area Examiner, you have myself, Seth Barnador, Anthony Vito, Robert Stieg, Nathan Bond. And from DraftKings Network, we have Nick Simon. From DraftKings Network, not in attendance, we have Colin Sherwin. So uh, it's week zero. We finally made it to almost to some actual football. We are going to pick uh, the Navy Notre Dame game at the end, but it's kind of our last chance to do, you know, the typical preseason stuff. Uh, We didn't want to go through every conference. We don't really have that much time. We're not trying to make these crazy long. So we the assignment for everybody was pick one over, pick one under, pick one kind of dark horse conference champion, pick a Heisman trophy winner. And then we're all going to pick the USF win total at the end. So we're going to start with the overs. We'll go around the horn here. Everybody's get a chance. Kind of give your over. And if you have your reasoning, um, I'll go ahead and start. It may sound like a homer pick because it's one of the teams I cover, but I think uh, I'm going to go Florida over five and a half. Um, I think they'll make a bowl. The They probably should have won eight games last year. You Maybe could, the USF win was kind of a fluke, but then they had a couple of fluke losses, so maybe that counteracts a little bit. Uh, but I think they're going to be better defensively. Uh, I think if they can stay healthy on offense, though they could win seven. I only need them to win six to get it. So I'm going to go Florida over five and a half. Anybody have anything on that one? Hard agree. This was in one of my uh, overs that, that I would pick. I don't think Florida is as bad as this is. And I think there's a bit of, oh, Graham Mertz is starting. He stinks when that's probably not necessarily true. And um, it seems like Billy Napier is really, really good at uh, muddying up the, the um, yeah, playing muscle ball. So I think they're not going to be as bad as it seems. And uh, I think Graham Mertz is actually going to work a little bit more than they think. I mean, maybe that means they still only win six games and go bowling, and that's still not up to Florida standards. But I agree with you. Yeah, I, I don't. I think I don't think they're going to ask him to do a ton. And if he can not turn the ball over, which might be a big if, uh, I think they'll be all right. So I, I like that there. And then you know, a couple other. I've seen a few other people that I think are pretty smart out there, kind of be on that as well. So I feel pretty good there. All right, we'll go. To, I'll, I'll jump in because Florida was also Florida was also my pick for this. Uh, okay. I just I love Billy. I don't like he's a good coach, so it's really hard for me to fathom him not getting to a bowl game. Now, granted, it is a tough schedule. It is not fun. Yeah. Like going through the schedule, you can see the path to like four wins. You know, at at Utah. And then you get McNeese, but then Tennessee, they're still going to be good. I don't think they're going to be last year good. I think everybody's probably in the same boat that they're not going to be last year good. Charlotte, then you got to, you got to go to Kentucky, Vandy, uh, you know, South Carolina, Georgia. Like it's a tough, it's a tough slate. And uh, I'll feel really bad about it if they're at five wins and they've got to go beat Florida State. That's, I'm going to be sweating bullets for that. Yeah, I think the Utah game, and that's, this could be one where if you kind of like the over, maybe just bet Utah, because if they win that, I think that's a really good 
swing. I, I I'm not a big. I've been watching Utah a little bit less. I'm not real big on Utah. I don't think they're athletic, at least defensively. So, if uh, if Florida can do enough on offense in that game, and Cam Rising doesn't play, which is possible, that's a big step towards that over. But uh, if they have any injuries on the offensive line or court or quarterback, they that's where you get like. That's where the bottom drops out, I think. So there's little risk, but uh, I think there's more upside. All right, so Nate and I are both in, right? Nate, you're in on that one? Over five and a half? Yes, sir. Let's go to Vito. Vito, I know you liked that one. Was was that your pick or did you have something else? I kind of had like a top three, and that was uh, the second of my top three. The first, and I, I want—I didn't want to do anything that was like super obvious, so I figured I'll—I'll I'll, I'll do a team that I'm looking at. That I think is going to be fun this year. Uh, Maryland over seven and a half. Ooh. I think uh, Talia Tugavaloa with his fifth year, I believe, um, and Mike Loxley's team. Um, they start out with Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, all at home, their first three games. Then they go on the road to Michigan State and then return home for Indiana. That's four of their first five games at home, all beatable. They could go 5-0 and oh, uh, going into the Ohio State game. So they play Ohio State on the road, but they do get Michigan and Penn State at home. But if you start out 5-0, and oh, you just have to beat Northwestern, Nebraska, and Rutgers, and then a toss-up against a probably a good Illinois team. I think they could be able to get to that eight win, uh, eight win plateau uh, before that game against Michigan. So we'll, we'll see. Um, they're 41st in SNP or sorry, SP plus 44th on offense, 30th in defense. I think this should be a fun year barring any injuries. Um, I like that pick. Yeah. I, uh, I hadn't even been thinking about them, but you lay out that early season schedule. That, that seems like five and O oh is uh, a good possibility there. Right. So, if you start out that way, then you feel really good about it. This is one of those where you look at the schedule, like for Big Ten, like you're probably going to go for three against the big three there. But just looking at the schedule, it just it starts this the wind starts stacking up. That seven and a half almost scared me just because you have to get to eight. Yeah. And they could probably be in that seven to eight win margin. But just looking at the schedule, the the games they get at home, I think it'll work out. All right. Nick, let's go to you. What did you have uh for your over yeah so i'm gonna stay in the state of florida i'm gonna go actually go miami over set over seven and a half basically just not going too crazy here but basically i think they can get to i think they can get to eight um obviously last year was a it was a mess with uh, under Mario Cristobal in his first year, and I think I think they'll I think they'll somewhat get things settled settled under control. They have a returning quarterback and Tyler Van Dyke. They have um, they kind of went hard in the transfer portal as you would expect, kind of shored up some uh, different positions, especially on the offensive line. And particularly, what interests me is that they brought in Shannon Dawson was the offensive coordinator at Houston last year. And um, yeah, they brought him in. And so that's going to give Van Dyke an opportunity to really kind of throw the ball like all over the freaking field this year with some of the weapons that they have. You look at the schedule, obviously Florida State, Clemson, uh, maybe North Carolina, like maybe North Carolina and NC State, you can kind of, or no, uh, North Carolina and Texas A&M, you can probably chalk those up as losses, but 
the ACC is still mediocre trash. <laughs> like we talked about it, like before we got on, we before we got on air. So, you know, you look at their schedule down the stretch. They start off with uh, Bethune Cookman, and then you're looking at it. It's a bunch of Georgia Techs and Virginias and Louisville with. First year with Jeff Brom, the end of the year with Boston College. The path is definitely there for the Hurricanes to get at least eight wins this year. And it seems like they're going to be pretty good on defense. I know they've got like uh, probably one of the better safety pairings in the country. I've seen that. Um, they've got some good young defensive linemen, some good young offensive linemen, and then a couple guys transferred in. So, uh, like you said, the ace, the, the middle to bottom of the ACC is not very good. And their out-of-conference schedule is Miami of Ohio, Texas A&M at home, which you'd think that would go to Texas A&M, but Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher may blow up on each other on the sideline. You never know. Uh, Then Bethune-Cookman and Temple. That's the rest of their out-of-conference schedule. And like Nick said, they got Georgia Tech, Virginia, Boston College. You know, you feel pretty good about those just on paper. And then you just got to win a couple more, and you're there. So, all right. Anybody? Any? I know uh, Nathan's not a big Mario Cristobal fan. How do you How do you feel about seven and a half? I don't see it. I don't think their quarterback situation is figured out. And I'll I'll say this until I'm blue in the face. If you don't have a good quarterback in college football, you're going to be terrible. And Tyler Van Dyke ain't it. He's had flashes of it. <laughs> He ain't it. Not sustained enough for you. Maybe uh, I mean Jordan McLeod threw for like 400 yards against Central Florida and like three <laughs> for six, six. I get you know every dog has his day. But. Flashes of it. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think uh, I, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do uh, the skill positions. I'm not sure kind of what what they brought in, but I know they're supposed to be pretty good up front, especially probably maybe one of the top O lines in the ACC. So they might be able to lean on people, which I think is what Mario wants to do. Right. So, all right, last over. We're going to Stieg. Stieg, do you understand the assignment? Not at all. Not even (laughs) slightly. I am. I am the most inept when it comes to betting odds. Uh, I I have to beg and plead Colin sometimes to explain some things to me. So uh, (laughs) this all became a very fun exercise for me. So I made it fun. So my uh, my overpick this year, uh, because I, I speak for the small schools, I speak for them often. Uh, University of Texas El Paso, for a very specific reason, they have a really funny opening slate of their schedule. They start the year uh, against Jacksonville State, then Incarnate Word, and then Northwestern, and then Arizona. There's a real possibility that this team is two and two to start the year, and their two wins are against FBS opponents in Power Five conferences, and two losses are to essentially uh, FCS schools. Uh, knowing that Jacksonville State's going to be bumping up in a year, Anthony, do you know where Jacksonville State is located? Alabama. Thank you. Oh, next question. Okay. Uh, you can't get me on that. I'm from Jacksonville. Um, Florida, That's right. That is. That's right. And then, <laughs> and then, and then I just, I just think the rest of the conference is, is mediocre enough that they'll, they'll sneak through. And they're, they're always for some odd reason, UTEP getting to six wins is always really, really likely. I, there's something in the water past that they're just able to just 
eke to six wins every year. So when I saw five for them, I was like, ah, I think that's a little low for for my minors there. So I'm with uh, with UTEP on my over. All right, UTEP over five and a half. So UTEP to go bowling there. I think there's a lot of volatility in the CUSA. So uh, is, right. I mean, is, you have like awesome. your guaranteed losses, right? Yeah, go on, Nick. You got this. Oh, no, there's like, like I said, like it kind of goes back like there's an opportunity there because you don't know like what what this iteration of the CUSA is or like who's exactly going to be the power program or whatever. And plus, like even over the past couple of years, like Dana Dimmel has done like for UTEP standards, like tremendous job there. You know, that program was dead in the water. It's like one of those dead in the water programs that he's somehow been able to like squeeze the life out of him get to a bowl game a few times. So it's spot on to pick them to go back bowling. And using a friend of the show, Kelly Ford, his ratings, he's got UTEP basically Northwestern, Arizona, and Wisconsin, or no, Wisconsin, uh, Western Kentucky are the only three games he has more than a seven-point spread. Everything else is within a touchdown, a lot of them under a touchdown. So uh, – if they win the majority of those toss-ups, Steve, you'll be correct. So, every time there's conference realignment, especially on the when the on the lower end of uh, these conferences, you always have a chance to kind of reassert yourself to where you are in the pecking order. And sometimes, what you do in that first year can do a lot. So, having a consistent coach like that, you never know that that, that could be what they uh, what they need to do. All right, let's get to our unders. So we got two. Uh, Nate and I have Florida over five and a half. Vito's got Maryland over seven and a half. Nick has Miami over seven and a half. And Stieg has UTEP, of course, over five and a half. Nathan, what is your under pick? Looking through it, uh, looking through the, the list of these are all, you know, from DraftKings, our sport, our unofficial sports book of the Blockboy Roundtable. That's right. Um, <laughs> one just jumped out at me like immediately and I don't have no idea how people think Navy is going to get to six and a half. Like it makes no sense to me. Like Navy has been horrific for quite a while outside of the 2019 season when they went uh, 11 and two. Um, So 20 dating back to 2018, they went three and 10, 11 and two, three and seven that COVID year. And then back to back four and eight years, coach Ken gets fired. They promote within Brian Newberry, who was a defense coordinator who, you know, defense did pretty well that, you know, they, they hung with our army uh, last year, but that was probably the nail in the coffin, losing, losing the army. Once again, um, they did beat central Florida. They, they, they hung tough with Notre Dame and we'll get to that pick later, but Buddy, Keenan Reynolds is not walking through that door anytime soon. <laughs> Malcolm Perry is not walking through that door. Like I just don't see how in 2023 you're going to be running the triple. And I know they brought in Grant Chestnut from Kennesaw State to kind of change some things, but I don't think it's going to be enough to even in a pretty soft conference. Yeah. So same guy, Kelly Ford's got their offense 115th. Going into the season, this is not the one that was a buzzsaw running through people. I think that's a really good pick. Uh, I didn't even see that one. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame, that's going to be tough. And then they don't have the easiest draw. They don't get Tulane or UTSA. Maybe that's kind of why. Uh, but they get SMU, uh, East Carolina, UAB, Temple, Charlotte, North Texas, and USF. 
in Memphis in conference. So, um, yeah, I, I think six wins would be a good season, and that's still under, right? So, uh, that's a, I think that's a good one right there. All right, let's go to Vito. So I'll just piggyback off of Nate. I saw that, but most of the the um, unders I was trying to to f- figure out that were to American conference teams. We I, I no idea what the heck's happening with this conference with the the six that are coming up. So for all you know, for all we know, Navy might be able to kind of blast through a couple of these games. We think that they'll get run over in, and then that's all you need. That Central Florida win from last season and the bounce house probably the funniest um, game of the year. They just t- turned on for one game. All they needed. One game. Okay, so my pick. Uh, I was looking, and I, I really wanted to choose like a Memphis, but again, I was just kind of afraid of what the American was. Um, I think their their over under was eight under eight, and that seemed way too high. But there was one that really popped out, and it's pretty um, uh, contingent on conference realignment happening. Cal under five. Um, I looked at this and went, you know what? I, sure, Cal's. You, know, you never really know what's going to go, what's going to happen. Justin Wilcox, what does can he pull a rabbit out of his out of his hat? But then you look at this schedule, and it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. So they get Oregon, Utah, and UCLA all on the road. So three of your top programs, three or four of your top programs on the road, and then you get USC at home. But that's still four ranked Pac-12 teams you have to play, and your away slate is. I had to double check this at North Texas. So you're going to Denton, Texas on September 2nd at 4 p.m. Good luck with that. Then you uh, travel home the next week to play Auburn, who should be better. Shout out Brian Batie. And then you get Idaho. If you're looking at this, Washington, Arizona State, Oregon State, um, Utah, USC, Oregon, Washington State. You don't even play like the, you don't get a Colorado. You don't play any of the worst teams in the league maybe two wins on the schedule unless they can kind of pull a rabbit out of their hat. Arizona state might be one. I don't know. Under five at plus 100 odds seemed pretty, uh, pretty clear to me. And I, I just don't feel right about it. And they might get defeated after this, not having a home and who knows what happens to Cal football. Aaron Rodgers ain't walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, uh, uh, that's another one. I like that one too. They got some, yeah, they did not get the bottom of the conference here. Washington, Oregon State, Utah, USC, Oregon, Washington State. Getting three of the four better. ranked teams on the UCLA road. Too. Yeah. That that's what kills me. Like, how? How did Cal get this this slate? <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it does not look pretty. Uh I think you maybe feel good about Arizona State and maybe Washington State because they're at home, but Outside of that, and Stanford's pretty bad, but you know, maybe you know the band could come back on the field, and yeah. who knows what happens there. So, uh, I like that. I think that makes sense. All right, we'll go to Nick. Nick, who are you a little down on this? Who do you, you think is going to go under? So at minus one twenty, it's kind of a popular, it's kind of a popular pick, but I'm still going to choose it. Uh, Oklahoma under nine and a half. Oklahoma went six and seven in Brent Venable's first season last year. It's their first losing season since 1998. And a huge reason why is their defense was atrocious, like really bad, not USF bad, 
but really bad. Like if you remember back to October, there was that two week stretch where they get embarrassed by Texas or no, they get embarrassed by TCU, which that was kind of TCU's launching point. And then the next week they just get absolutely hammered by Texas. And a huge reason for that is Ted Roof was their defensive coordinator. I was looking this up. Ted Roof is still there. <laughs> He's like Venables taking the Clemson model of we're just going to hunker down and like keep our assistants in the band together. They still have Ted Roof there and didn't make any significant additions to their defense. Listen, Dylan Gabriel was good. Dylan Gabriel was good last year when he was healthy. They're going to have to, <laughs> they're going to have to score like 67 points a game to have a shot at winning 12 this year. They're going to get into a lot of shootouts and just, and like, oh man, yeah, they're just going to have to get into a lot of shootouts straight up and them going from six wins to 10 wins. I, I just don't, I just don't see it with them. It, yeah, I'm I'm really down on Oklahoma. I'm really down on that entire program as they transition into an even tougher, infinitely tougher league next year. It's 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 going to get ugly. Yeah, I, I does what what uh, what about what's kind of gives you pause on the anything, or you think it's just going to be you think it's going to be way under? Is there what would kind of you think be the reason they go because they. I think on one hand, their schedules, they got a pretty good draw through the, through the big 12, but do you think it's just like nine and a half is a lot. Yeah. Nine and a half is a lot. And like, yeah, they do have a good draw in the big 12, but the big 12 can be really squirrely. It can, it can be pretty wacky and like cutthroat down the stretch with just teams knocking each other off, especially in October, November. And, Nine and a half is just is like yeah, nine and a half is just way too much for them. Yeah, I think they're the they got three of the newbies on schedule, so that'll wow. be interesting. Yeah, on the way on the on the way out, they get they the only one they didn't get was Houston, which would have been interesting. But um, yeah, well, hey Seth and Nick, they get four American Athletic Conference programs that <laughs> they play SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and UCF. There you go. The yeah. SMU game could be if SMU's on and that defense isn't ready, that yeah. could be a sneaky game right there. Early. Oh, that could be like SMU Houston on that Halloween weekend that was like 70 to 60. That game was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that could be a sneaky one there. All right. Let's go. Stieg. Under. Under. That means less than the number, right? Yes. You think they're gonna okay, win less perfect. than the number. Yeah. So I was gonna go with I, I think is kind of like a safe one right now, aside from Navy. And I wanted to kind of divvy out of the, the AAC. I was going to go with UAB for no other reason than I just, I can't justify the Trent Dilfer experience working. I mean, he could end up being really good, but I don't, that, that translation from a okay high school program in Tennessee to a division one borderline group or a pretty good group of five. Team, I just, I can't see it, but I wanted to go a little different, a little off the rails here and just see if uh, see if this works. I had under on TCU. Oh. I think they were at seven and a half, seven. Um, and for no other reason than I just I, I think they have a brutal into their schedule. I think they're going to have a really, really bad 
post-college football, uh, I don't even want to call it an appearance. Uh, their name was listed in the college football playoff finals, but I, I don't I don't feel like they reloaded um, recruiting-wise. It, it just seems like they just, all right, fine. Um, and then you have a lot of teams that are going to try to get up at them. Um, you have Colorado, who we don't know how that's going to be. I mean, the, truthfully, like there's pretty good assumption that Colorado is probably not going to be very good, but there's a chance they can come out on fire. Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders. You get SMU and probably the last time that the Iron Skill is going to be playing. Well, that's going to be um, a heated one, right? Like, and that's heated. That's going to be hot they, this year. If, if SMU can put up seventy on TCU, they will. Um, they get a fairly favorable uh, couple of games uh, in the middle. Like, there's a chance they could start off the year three. You know, they have Nickel State and Houston to uh, kind of round out their first three games. Colorado, um, and then they have West Virginia as well. But like. I, I don't love the back half of their schedule. I think they might get to like five and five and two and then just taper off. You're in your BYU, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Texas, and Baylor. And yeah. I just I can see that falling off the map really quick. That's a strong last five, right? That's probably the top. I would think that's the top five in odds for the conference outside of them. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU's fifth out of that out of those six so yeah that's a tough that's a tough end right there so i I think they can get to six and i think it might i I think there's a very good chance to get to six and six and that's it i I think i I just i I don't like what they what 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 they've uh, built there i I don't think that there's any like you were in the college wall playoff championship last year and there's zero momentum happening in uh, fort worth right now yeah that'll be the one thing that'll be interesting is that um, the quarterback was actually, you know, starting before Max Duggan, and he got hurt. Uh, that'll be interesting to see maybe why he was the guy, right? Is it Chandler Morris? Chad Morris, yeah, is his name Chandler. Yeah, so that, that'll be interesting to see. You know, did they, did the coaches just screw it up and Duggan should have been the guy along, or is Morris a guy that can do things? And they're breaking in a different offense, and yeah, there's some, there's some interesting stuff there. So, I'm telling Parker. Yeah, that's what you really want to do. You're you're lashing out at Parker because he said USF's defense was really bad in the echo rate. Um, So Nate actually mentioned this team earlier. I'm going to go Tennessee under nine and a half. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't trust Joe Milton yet. I haven't. You got to see it. I think when the the only time last time he played extended minutes. Uh, was at Michigan and he was like a 57% passer. Now they obviously asked him to do for different things, uh, but I think the Tennessee defense is not very good. Uh, they could obviously improve, but they, so I'm, I don't think they're going to win out of at Alabama. I don't think they're beating Georgia. And then they just got to stumble one more time, which last year they were make the playoff and then they go to South Carolina and just get blown out. I don't think Heupel's a guy. Do we think Heupel's a guy that's not that's not prone to having a stumble here or there in his career? So I I, I just think there there's two. They're probably going to lose. I would, I would put it at you know pretty good odds. They're going to lose Georgia and Alabama, and then I just got to get them to stumble one more place, and I think they will. I just don't think they're going to be consistent enough. And they lost a lot from their best team in a long time. So I'm gonna go under nine and a half on Tennessee. Vito, I thought you might have, you had a little shock face. Is that surprising to you, or 
did you not see Joe the Mil- or the Cannon Milton uh, torch Clemson's defense in the Orange Bowl near Christmas? I did. I was watching that game at a nice little pub called Berry House in Ebor. It was very fun to watch. Two orange teams that should have played had orange uniforms. Um, I, I I like I like what Tennessee was last year, and I'm afraid that that was an, a last year only thing, and it makes me sad because uh, they were fun. And Jalen Hyatt looks like the uh, real deal so yeah, far pretty, in Giants camp. <laughs> him and Tillman's having a really good camp too. If I, yeah. I think he's with the bro- so good for so much USF. for that Mickey Mouse offense. Yeah, good for USF and uh, Coach Golish's recruiting. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I just uh, you know I'm just kind of trying to catch him down. I don't know. Milton could come out and light the world on fire, and we'll talk about Heisman here in a second. He could be a guy that if he just goes nuts with his raw talent, maybe he's you know putting up crazy numbers, but. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna bet on them slipping up there. So, it's next a high one, number. Yeah. A high number. <laughs> Nine and a half. Like, yeah. Three loss. Yeah, just three. Three. They lose three games, which I think they're kind of guaranteed to lose two. But you never know. I Alabama. Who knows what they're going? But I think at home they'll probably pull it up. All right. So let's go to conference dark horses. So this is another one you could pick anybody you wanted. Um, just as long as they weren't in the top two odds in the conference. So. Uh, I'll get us started here, and I don't know if you, if anybody else is with me on this one. And this is another one that I thought was a really interesting overpick potentially. Their over under was at seven and a half, and I was surprised to see them third in the odds for the American. I'm going to UTSA as kind of Seth. We are just simpatico, brother. I saw that and started chuckling. I was like, oh man, this is going to be such a cop out because they are technically third. Yeah, I, I but- just. They seem so good. I think they're going to – their schedule is not – I also thought about them for over seven and a half because their schedule is not crazy difficult. Um, it's really – a lot of it is do you think they can beat Houston to start of the year? I think there's a, they got a chance, right? Like, that doesn't seem crazy, right? Yeah, you know, it really just boils down to what kind of data we're getting, right? Like yeah. that's – Here's their conference schedule. Temple, UAB, FAU, ECU, North Texas, Rice, USF, and at Tulane. I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, won all but Tulane. Yeah. That wouldn't be – I don't think that would be a big surprise. So then they're likely in the game, so – I could I could see them sleepwalking to six conference ones easy because a I lot would, of their it's a lot of they have a lot of the same opponents as last year. They're not really getting the full brunt of the American here. No, the only game that they probably for sure won't win is Tennessee. Like that's just I think there's still a skill gap there. They're very talented, but there's still a skill gap. Army. Meh, they're they're changing things up, but I still think they've got a lot more talent and more speed. Um, I mean, this is like a nine ten win team. I don't under, I don't understand why they're. I think so too. That's so I almost low. I almost went there seven and a half over, and I almost went with them for um for that. Um, anybody else have UTSA? <laughs> they not have UTSA. <laughs> conference darkers. Anybody else have UTSA? I stayed away from the American, but I mean, UTSA not being uh, everyone's kind of putting Tulane as the favorite and I get it, but they lost uh, a generational running back. UTSA returns most of everybody and they have probably the best coach in the league. Um, 
who's going to be who and, and the, you also get that um when you kind of get elevated you kind of get that um i don't know maybe it's just me but you get that little motivation like hey we got called up to a bigger league let's go ahead and show yeah. them we belong and then you're playing most of the same programs anyway so yeah, yeah they, I mean, have, they have kind I, of a I think split they, in the conference schedule it seems like where they're still playing a ton of the same teams they've been beating on the last couple of years interesting that smu kind of jumped them and i think part of that is because they don't play utsa or tulane in conference this year in the regular season so people feel like they'll get to the champ to have a good chance to get to that conference championship game and then once you're there you know you can't win unless you're there right so uh Vito let's go back to you who did you have as your dark horse conference champion so I went I went back out west again to the Pac-12 give me Oregon State I am really high on this team and I think um uh based on what they've been doing and and now they have a pretty high ranking but they're um oh i i I dropped it out hold on one second uh oregon state's uh like we're talking about the offense you bring in dj uyungalele to see if he can kind of give a career renaissance from clemson so you get a, a veteran over there um they got one of the top offensive lines in the nation uh, returning and they have a defense that is actually um, improving year over year. So I, I get that they went, they got 10 wins last year, but it seems like this year with what USC, Oregon, Washington, and Utah are getting like kind of all the preseason buzz with their quarterbacks, Oregon state can, can, can also uh, can go ahead and do the, the funniest thing ever and make this a complete revenge year and just obliterate everybody en route to the Pac-12 championships while they're flipping the beaver, or the, <laughs> sorry, flipping the bird to everybody else around them going like, hey, guess what? Guess who's the best team around? And um, Jonathan Smith may then leave at that point, but who knows? Yeah, he's, um, he's I, really, I, I think they're bound. He's really good. Um yeah, I like I think they're I think they're tough and their offense is quarterback friendly. And you know, the schedule's not you got Utah, UCLA, Washington. Those are three tough ones, but they're all at home. Really, your your toughest game is at Oregon to end the year, but it's a pretty manageable schedule outside of that. Um, if you can steal a couple of those tougher home games, then you've got a great chance, I think, to get to the title game. So mm-hmm. I like the Beavers. All right, Stieg. We're gonna to go to you. Not last this time. So not last. I expected you to be last. I messed up. I uh, I thought you said as long as they're not the favorite, not top two favorite. Top two. Top and so two. I was like, we change it up. Yeah. So so I'm gonna go with the the team that I actually had as my backup, which was Penn State. Um, I know that's that sound kind of weird. I think uh, knowing what I am about myself, um, but I don't know. I just. I feel like there's a time it's put it together to compete in that absolutely brutal uh, division that they're placed in. I think this is their time to do it. Um, I think that uh, Ohio State is extremely talented as they always are. Uh, spoiler alert to my Heisman pick. Um, but I think they're prone to just trip over themselves at any point. Um, everyone's high on Michigan. I, I never believe in Michigan and I never will. Uh, so I think this is a time that Penn State can kind of Swoop in there, uh, get that get that well earned, well deserved, long time coming uh, conference championship of the Big Ten. I like that. Against that was Shabroni West Division team that's terrible. Iowa, Nebraska you're going down. Yeah, yeah I, I I like that one a lot, Steve. I think they're super talented. 
Uh, if UTSA wasn't there, that's probably going to be my pick was Penn State, just because I think there might be some uh, knockdown dragouts with Michigan and Ohio State this year. So whichever team out of that division makes the game, just probably winning it, right? So, all right, Nick, who do you got for your Dark Horse Conference champion? They shouldn't even really be a Dark Horse, but we kind of keep overlooking them. I'm going to go out west for the three-peat in the Pac-12 with Utah. You know, everyone's paying attention. You know, everyone's talking about USC, Washington, Oregon. Great. (laughs) But there's still, like, you're still talking about the two-time defending uh, champion of the conference with one of the most underrated coaches in all of college football and Kyle Whittingham. You know, I'm looking it up. Utah in the preseason SP plus rankings, they're number 14 and they're pretty balanced and they're pretty balanced heading into the season, you know, number 12 in offense, number 26 in defense. And I don't know, man, it's just like, it's just like once it hits November, that team just gets really mean and they just start bullying all the, all the teams people think going to win the PAC 12. And this could very much, uh, be another case of that, especially with, especially with uh, Cam- Cameron Rising coming back at quarterback. So I, 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 I'm just inclined to continue to like think Utah will, Utah will just steamroll someone and just completely punk someone in the Pac-12 title game until proven otherwise. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing prep for that Utah Florida game. If you look at their splits inside of the conference. They just bully that kind. They, I think, they've built themselves just to be a bully in conference. I think that's kind of what Oregon State Vitas pick is is trying to do too. But Utah, I think, is the blueprint they're following. Where you're just you build yourself to bully all these teams that want to like spread you out and throw it. They're just going to bully you, and they've got the dues to do it in conference. So I think it's definitely a viable option there. All right, so this one's somewhat correlated to who you think is going to be really good and have a chance at the playoff, I guess, but. Uh, let's go Heisman picks. Uh, we'll start with let's start with Vito this time. Vito, who did you throw out for your Heisman? Um, we didn't put any caveats here. You could pick Caleb Williams, I guess, but that's not as much fun, right? You're muted, Vito. I'm muted, man. This keeps happening to me. Um, uh, I, I, you know, Caleb Williams is kind of the, the sexy pick, the reigning champion. But when's the last time someone's won back to back? I don't remember. Um, so time. I was like, you know, let's go somewhere different. And I kind of went, I'm going to stay within the Pac-12 because I do think they have the best quarterbacks. And you're in a year where the SEC is reloading quarterbacks. So maybe things change a little bit. Um I'm going to go with Washington and Michael Penix Jr. because he is from Tampa, Florida, and most of us are from here. But uh, he, you know, broke a ton of records at Washington, put up 4,600 yards, 31 touchdowns, 65 completion percentage, and went nuclear, uh, nuclear on some teams, like putting 51 points up against Washington State, 54 against Colorado, um, beating Oregon, beating Oregon State. I think if he puts up another year like that, he might get another. Uh, he might get an invite um, to uh, to New York. Sixty five percent completion completion percentage. Um, I have a colleague who's a huge Washington fan, and he just could not believe the type of m- number Michael Penix Jr. was putting up and uh, continues to. And uh, I also think he's a dark horse candidate for the Bucks. So <laughs> that is my uh, that that is my uh, my Heisman hopeful. Anybody else go with Michael Penix Jr. 
they they've they're returning some stud receivers too, and they have a really good offensive minded coach. Their Alabama tried to steal their OC. He's definitely got a lot going for him. All right, we'll go to Nick. Nick, where did you go for your Heisman pick? So I do actually think that there's a strong chance that Caleb could go back to back. You know, the first back to back winner since uh, Archie Griffin in the seventies. But again, that's that's boring. Um, we know, we know, like Caleb, Caleb Williams is incredible. Like we we all know that. Like yeah. he's gonna like he's gonna be at the very least at the ceremony in December, barring injury. Um, I kind of went not necessarily off the radar, but with just kind of a dark horse guy and um, kind of directly tying into what Stieg just said about Penn State. I'm going to choose Drew Aller as my like dark horse guy, you know, sophomore quarterback at Penn State. He was this incredible five star kid coming out of high school. I was looking it up. He was the um, he's basically the highest rate rated quarterback. Um, James Franklin has gotten to Penn State, period, during his uh, run in Happy Valley. Um, sat behind Sean Clifford last year. A lot of people were clamoring for Franklin to pull the trigger and bench Clifford but for Aller, but he still um, he still uh, stayed, stayed put and had the freshmen sit down, get his garbage time reps and everything like that. I'm re- like Steve, I'm really bullish on Penn State's uh, chances of actually – breaking through into that Ohio state, Michigan tier in the big 10 and win and like actually have a chance at winning the conference. And I think Aller will be a huge part of that. I think he's going to really like open the offense up and like really turn some heads as a sophomore this year. And I think if he wins like one or maybe even both of those games against Ohio state or Michigan, he's definitely like automatic for New York city. So yeah. Like, so Invest in invest in Drew Aller stock. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, he, I think he had to come in like the game one for Clifford for a little bit, and he threw just a laser beam over the middle of the field. I was like, this dude is a different animal compared to Sean Clifford. So he's definitely got those physical skills. I, I do feel bad for him. Oh. Uh, sorry, Steve. I just got to jump on this. I do feel bad for him because everyone's really high in Drew Aller and saying Penn State could be a playoff contender, win the Big Ten. And it's always with the caveat of if Drew Aller is as advertised, I'm like, man, that's a lot of pressure. Can you imagine? They're like, everyone's expecting me to live up to this hype. And if I don't, I ruined it for everybody. So feel bad for him, but <laughs> look forward to it. <laughs> no pressure, Drew. Steve, I'm interested to see where you go here. Oh, man. You're, you're interested in me. Uh, oh, no, so I, uh, <laughs> I'm tired of quarterbacks winning the Heisman Trophy. I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. I think it's dumb. Give it to the best playmaker. Give it to the guy that makes the biggest difference. Give it to the guy that's probably going to be the best pro. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> is ridiculously good. Um, last year, I was a really big... I cannot remember... JSN, I cannot remember his full name. I was a huge fan of him. I thought he was going to be like the next generational Ohio State Jackson you know, Smith receiver, something. Right? Yeah, it's something like that. I, I think I thought I was like he might be a guy that like might you know be like Devontae Smith and win the the Heisman and then it gets injured game one. Uh, so I'm going to knock on wood and say it and uh, hope that Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get injured game one. Um, I, I think he's he. I mean, obviously he has the name that goes along with it. Um, I think I like like I said earlier that Ohio State offense. What are you talking elite, about? Elite, elite, elite. 
What are you? What name are you talking about? I, I sorry. What? <laughs> this, is a, this is an internet thing. So keep going, Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm very okay, but yeah, we're going. Uh, thank, he picked a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm thrown off now because I don't know what Nate's referencing. So I'm going to shut up before I say something. Stupid. There was some, there if if somebody let's say let's say a guy that played in the NFL had that name. Let's say he was very unassuming, and then let's say something very violent happened, and he was somewhat associated with it. Oh yeah. And you're let's right. say people didn't want to mention his name just to not come under his ire. Let's say all those things hypothetically, all those things happen. Had a car wash. Hypothetically, hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically. nobody mentions his name. He's redacted. Uh, hy- well, hypothetically, Marvin Harrison Jr. for like uh, like a dumb amount, like nineteen hundred receiving yards and like thirty six touchdowns. That offense is going to run through them. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's high up there for on the odds board. So. And Trayvon Henderson is also up there in on Ohio State. So I mean, but I think I think it's a receiver's time to shine. I think there's a lot of talent at the top of quarterbacks. I don't think anyone's gonna separate it. Might as well give it to the best playmaker. All right. Nate, who do you got? Uh it's my turn, huh? All right. So I've loved this guy since last year. I thought he was like an absolute star. And I was proven right. And I think this is the year if Florida State is going to claim that they're going to be back and they're going to be in title contention, it's because of Jordan Travis. He is my pick. He's at plus 1,400 right now, which puts him tied for fourth with Cade Klubnick and Carson Beck. Two quarterbacks could not be like further on the experience. Hey, this this guy's actually proven to be good at college football uh, than those two folks. Um, I don't trust Jaden Daniels. We talked about it last week. And then I saw, uh, I think it was CFP stats put out something um, today that he was the most sacked quarterback under pressure um, last season. And I, I, again, I don't, I don't believe Quinn Ewers either. Like it's really between Caleb and Jordan Travis and I'm going to pick Jordan Travis all day, every day. I think he's got the talent to, to be, uh, I guess the quote unquote dark horse to unseat Caleb Williams, at least. Yeah, if he keeps kind of incrementally improving like he has been, they'll be really good. And they got a really good offense, really good weapons around him. Uh, I think he's definitely within the realm of possibility. I'm actually going to go with a different team in the ACC. Uh, But I don't think I'm going to go maybe with the guy you think. I'm going to go with Clemson. I'm going to go Will Shipley. Um. I, I like think that. I think if they're really good, he's probably going to get a bunch of touches in a bunch of different ways. Um, Club, it's his first year, kind of being the, the guy in this offense. Uh, I just think Shipley does a bunch of they'll throw him the ball. He'll he'll get it on runs. I think he's been their best player offensively the last couple of years, and he's a guy they'll want to feature. So if Clemson, I think Clemson's going to make the playoff. Uh, their schedule, if they get past Florida State, their schedule is really not. It's basically the Florida State and Notre Dame were kind of the big two games for them. And then revenge against South Carolina. But I don't think South Carolina is going to be great. So if uh, the offense gets it figured out, I think he's a guy that will have a really good year. And if you're on a really good team and have a really good year, you got a shot to get there. So uh, I'm going to go with Will Shipley. He's, uh, I think he's plus 6,000. A little bit of a longer shot, but... 
And they still have divisions, right? So you don't have to face Florida State again. You face no, I think they, I think it's uh, I think they could they could play again, right? Oh, it is top two. Okay, yeah, yeah so. they cut, they cut the divisions this year, so mm-hmm. rest in peace to the ACC Coastal in the Atlantic. Uh, thank goodness, probably. Anyway, it's Florida State. I love it. when we're talking about the ACC. It's like it's Florida State, Clemson, and a bunch of mid. Yeah, I mean, a Clemson schedule is you know, I, they play Duke, Charleston Southern, FAU, and then FSU is their first four. If they beat Florida State, it's basically after that Syracuse, Wake, Miami, NC State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, South Carolina. FSU and Clemson is super early this year. I yeah. always remember that being like uh, Halloween, mid October. Yeah, that's it's Florida State's like in the driver's seat or out of contention by the time we hit October, mm-hmm. which will be really interesting to see kind of uh, what they where they go. So looks like we lost Stieg. I'm not sure it's momentarily or longer, but we'll keep trucking. We got his picks, but we'll go. Now we'll go to USF real quick. Let's go. USF is at four, I believe, on DraftKings. Uh, I believe they're, they're over under set at four. Nate, where are you going? Uh, I think it's a push. And uh, if we're, you know, if I have to pick over under four, it's under. I don't. Uh, you're bad until you prove to me that you're not bad. Vita. Oh, I, 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 I look at this and it's like, you know, we run a USF site and there's a lot of just trying to put the bar where you're not setting the expectation too high. If I'm just looking at this on the outside and it's looking at what's over under four and the over is minus one thirty, um, I would probably say over. And I just look at this in you look at the new teams you're playing and you look at they, you know, you you won one game last year, but you did play some tough ones. You just blat you you just got you're very inconsistent. I, I look at the schedule and I would say over four. Um as a USF fan, I'm like, look, I'm, there's so much, you know, bad, you know, bad uh karma by thinking that, but looking at the schedule and the talent that they brought in with the new coach, you you think that they're not gonna mess up their timeouts, you think they're gonna figure that out. And four is just knowing this program or seeing this program where it is with the newcomers. I would say over four. Nick, where are you at? Are you with Nate or are you with Vito? Nate said like literally almost verbatim everything that I was going to say. Like, I yeah, I think it's going to be right at four. But if I had to lean either way, I'm I'm just leaning under. Like you said, you're bad until <laughs> you're bad until you're not. And it's it, OK. I, I can imagine like I'm looking at the schedule. I can imagine that unlike in years past, knock on wood, that at least by the end of the season, by the end of the season, like he's going to have those kids. He's going to have those kids playing hard and he's going to like you can imagine like I can even imagine where a scenario where, say, November 17th against UTSA, they're not going to win that game. But Friday, like Friday night, you know, you're not, you know, by this point, you're knocked out of bowl eligibility. Screw it. You're going to like put a like you could put a scare into them for like a three quarters or whatever. But again, you're, you're a bad program. You're like, you just have to go out and prove, like you have to go out and prove it. Like that's the thing. And until you go out and like actually prove it, like 
you just hit the under for this program, man. Yeah, I, I think four is like the right number. Um, but you know, I'm with Vita. I'm gonna go over. Uh, the, the schedule's really bad. Like, it's we, we we can get into this a little bit more, but just like looking at the talent discrepancy, at least in this year, and like we've been marred with a lot of just how did you lose this game? How did that happen? Yeah. Terrible luck, terrible coaching, terrible whatever. But like, you're telling me you, you can't you, you can't beat FAMU, Rice, Charlotte, Temple at home? That's four. I mean, if, if, if you're not winning those, then you're really setting that bar super low. And that's, you know, when we're trying to cover the no. program, we talk about it a little different, but that's your four. You're not winning those. Like once you start kind of playing that game, you go, man, if you lose those four, then the other ones that are like at UAB, Trent Dilfer, at UConn, eight game win streak, at Florida Atlantic, they're tough. That's what, if I told you before the season, Navy's offense is going to be terrible and UAB is going to be awful under Dilfer. It wouldn't be shocking, right? So there's a way the schedule breaks where they go over. For, I think pretty – I wouldn't say it's not going to be easy because, like you said, you got to prove it. But there's definitely a, a, a scenario where they go over and they might be at four super early and then have to sweat it out the rest of the way. But, yeah, I, I just think the schedule is really bad. The 11th schedule in the conference – it's not bad. You 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 can win five. In your will top, you top four? I think four. In, I think four is yeah. a really good number. You just but, have to like you have to prove it. Like like yes, you have to step up in like we haven't seen this in like all, over five years now. You have to step up and actually prove it. The, the but I think the the funny thing uh, like. We we kind of chatted about like if you if you somehow beat Western Kentucky in game one, you just probably gave yourself a bunch of rocket fuel because what might happen is you lose to Western Kentucky by a lot because Austin Reed's amazing. You beat FAMU by whatever. You get blown out by Alabama, and then that ruins your next game. And then JT Daniels turns it on for Rice, and all of a sudden that you're sweating that one out. It's one of those like how how many like how many bad luck scenarios could you get? Your butthole's puckered if you're Yeah, then at that point you go, okay. But like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And this is just me from an independent. If I'm just looking at like, okay, four is that four is the USF number. Wow. Okay. You're playing a lot of CUSA teams. You have more, you should have a talent advantage. Uh, We'll see. Now, again, as a USF fan, I'm like, don't get, don't get excited. Don't get excited until they're at five wins. (laughs) <laughs> then at that point then go oh maybe we have something but just from and, an outside perspective and hopefully you can get that luck injury luck turned back last year it was against you it's been against you for the last couple of years hopefully if you get some good injury luck uh you got a shot but who knows all right uh real quick because we're we've gone a longer than we are typically going to uh there was a lot to get in um navy notre dame Quick pick. This one's not going to count on our record, but it's week zero. It's the first week of games. We've got to pick one of them. All right. So Navy is uh, a 20 and a half point underdog. The over uh, the total is sits at 50 and a half. Nick, do you got to pull? What, what's your play here if you had to pick one? This won't be on our totals here because it's, well, we, we got to pick one game, right? Um, so there could be funkiness with them. <laughs> like it's a week zero game. It's the first game at the gate. They're in Ireland. Are they in Ireland? They're in Ireland. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. They're higher. yeah, so there's a lot of weirdness that can happen. But again, like the talent discrepancy between Notre Dame and, and Navy is like astronomical. Just like just hammer it with Notre Dame. Like don't even think about it. Just hammer it, hammer it with Notre Dame. This is going to be ugly. Like this is going to be ugly in both like a watching experience and like the final score. And they're going to want to they're going to want to let Hartman let him do his thing a little bit. Right. It's, uh, you'd think. So they're going to be throwing the ball around. Oh, you'd think generating much of explosive plays. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of points, but I'm going to take Notre Dame as well. Nathan, where do you sit on this one? Yeah, uh, I'm not going against my underpick. Uh, it's uh, Notre Dame's going to smoke. I'm, I don't trust Navy as far as I can throw them. And the, the weird thing about how they shuffled everything, like it's still a lot of the same coaches from the previous staff. They just fired the head coach, like either do a complete rebuild or do nothing at all. You make no sense. Maybe. I veto. Is it a Notre Dame sweep or are you a Patriot? Really hate how the way uh, the whole coach, coach Ken thing went down. Uh, I feel like what's the number? Is it 20, 20 and a half, 20 and, 20 and a half. That's a lot, but I mean, Notre Dame's in Ireland. They're the fight. I feel like you're going to get some like ancestral, uh, you know, grit here. Um, this is for first game under a new um, coaching. St- I don't, I, I think, I think Notre Dame does this and I think they, they need to prove that Sam Hartman can, can run, can run the offense. Um, it's just one of those things. If, if for whatever reason, the triple option is working and they're, you know, Doing long drives and scoring touchdowns, that's when it just changes the whole game. Because if you know, you start getting tired on defense. I'm sure uh, Freeman saw Navy at Cincinnati at least once, right? So, yeah, it won't won't be totally foreign to him. The triple now, maybe there'll be some new wrinkles with the new coaches, like Nate mentioned earlier in in the pod, but we shall see. All right, so everyone's got Notre Dame. We actually have games this weekend to watch, it should be fun. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on another edition of the Blog Boy Roundtable. We'll be back next week with this was just like USF. This was kind of our mock game week. <laughs> next week we got a real game week. We'll uh, we'll pick a few games, uh, preview a couple, and uh, get it going. But football season's uh, basically here, so we did it. Look at Let's us get it. All right, thank you, boys. Let's go. We'll, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>